Hi everyone, welcome to Type Talks. Today we're here to talk about INTJs and music. And so Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Yep, I'm Chris. I run the YouTube channel Lacerra Psych. I'm an INTJ and I've been making content on YouTube for five or six years now. I'm a psychology post-bachelor researcher as well. Very cool. And Angelina? Um, hi, I'm Angelina. I'm an industrial psychologist in the UK and I um, Use type, been using type for like 25 years, but also use Enneagram and other personality things. And I have a qualification program to train people in how to use type professionally. And she's the author of the book, The Shadows of Type. And Solomon? Hey guys, so uh, my name is Solomon. Uh, I'm a synth pop artist and I have my own YouTube channel for MBTI and typology. And yeah, that's about it. Clear and concise. And Michael? Yeah, I'm uh, Michael, amateur. Good to be back on the on the channel. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, nice to have you on. And so, hi, my name is Joyce. I'm a certified MBTI master practitioner, and I facilitate this typology system in organizations. And I also help people on the discovery process of figuring out their best fit type. All right. And so, INTJs, what is your relationship with music? Well, I'm completely obsessed with music, always have been, have it on at all times, even when I'm asleep. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I listen to a lot of music. I don't sleep to music, but um, I'm definitely the kind of person who at like three in the morning, I'm happy to be listening to even, you know, loud, fast tempo music right before bed. <laughs> Kind of the opposite for me. I'm usually, if I'm listening to something, it's usually someone, people talking. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely prefer instrumental music. Um, I words, I think, in in music sort of bother me, especially in English. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, not definitely not. Um, not twenty four seven uh, listening to listening to music for me, but I, I take it I take it seriously. Very cool. And Solomon, what is your relationship with music? It's an interesting question. Um, so I do make music myself, and I guess in a lot of ways, music is like a tool to like sort of morph myself into becoming the future version of myself that I see myself being. That's one relationship to it. A second thing would be, um, like, if in terms of the music relationship to it, it's really more about, like, the meaning behind the music itself, right? So if I'm listening to a song, it's, like, it's all about the images, visual images that come to my head when I'm listening to the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we clearly have INTJs here who have a deep relationship with music, so it'll be interesting to analyze Something that we could go into is if there are any brave souls who want to share their taste in music, because I know INTJs can be very private about their music because it can be a very personal thing. But yeah, it might help us understand you more or even the type more, so. I mean, I can start if no one else wants to. Um, so I grew up uh, with a lot of kind of alternative culture, like very much like a lot of black, goth culture, that sort of stuff. Um, a band that was that I like very much is called The Birthday Massacre. 
which sounds like it would be like a really heavy metal band, but it's not. It's more like a kind of like alternative, very synth wavy kind of thing. It's hard to explain. Um, but I like in general music that has a bit of an alternative twist to it, almost like it's it's speaking to the person who is not who maybe doesn't see themselves as being like the rest of everyone else. Um, that's the kind of music that I find myself gravitating towards is that growing up, I always felt like there was a degree of separation between me and my peers and music that speaks to that is something that I enjoy. I don't enjoy music that is overly emotional. Um, and, th and like, I don't mean just like the, Oh, like, Hey, I'm happy. Da, 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 but also like the sad emotions too. Like to me, there's, there's too much of, a, if music overindulges in the sadness aspect, then I'm not going to like it either. I like kind of have that middle ground where it's like, it speaks about something that is emotionally relevant to me or even important to me, but also it doesn't just wallow in that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's reflective of your experience or how you feel, but not in an overly dramatic or cheesy or overdrawn way. Right. Like, like I'm not a big fan of like emo music. If you're, <laughs> you might find like INFPs very much enjoy the kind of like emo music, very like, oh, you know, crying all the time kind of music. But that, to me, that just doesn't do it for me. It almost comes off as inauthentic um, or forced. Then the question I have for you is why does it feel forced and inauthentic? I, I've, not saying it feels forced and that those emotions are not real, but oftentimes it comes off more like teen angst than anything else, where it feels like the the emotion itself isn't like relatable to like a larger worldview, where it's like they're just wallowing in their own despair that actually actually isn't that bad. It's like comparing like a getting a small paper cut to getting stabbed. Like it's there's kind of like different degrees of emotional realness in music. One example of, I think, emotional realness in music that I think makes a good band, and if you grew up in the 90s, the 2000s, you know Linkin Park. That's a band who you can tell, they sang about their struggles. They sang about, like, mental health issues that they faced. You know, the lead singer killed himself. And that is something that I thought was very reflective and authentic throughout the music in that band throughout the years. So when I listen to the music that's talking or singing about these emotional struggles that that don't feel like they have that realness attached to the person singing it, that's something that's going to turn me off from the music. Yeah, that's well put. Or if it's lacking perspective, like it's wallowing over a small thing. Thank you for expanding. Anyone else? Uh, not too dissimilar. Um, I sort of veer towards the sort of gothy wearing black type of things. Um, I'm very much the same. I don't like the emo stuff. I like the proper stuff, like Bauhaus and things. Um, and um, but uh, yeah, so so the very uh, the heaviest I would get is like Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson stuff. I don't like that proper heavy metal, as it were. But the ranges is huge. So my favourite all time is like Bowie, of course. Um, but I'll listen to cheesy disco or or anything. But the music that I can't do is that sort of random jazz stuff that actually makes me start to itch so um yeah I, that the really unstructured uh stuff and and it, it's weird unlike michael i i don't like instrumental music quite so much i, I really much prefer lyrics so yeah and i always like to have to pay attention to what, it, what the lyrics are yeah and what is jazz music 
itch you? Is that what the word you use? Makes me, it makes me itchy. Yeah, only that. I mean, jazz comes in various forms, and I would say most of it I don't like. But obviously, there's the odd bits that that, that are good and, and I enjoy. But um, but the one that really gets me is that random free jazz stuff. Oh God, I can't bear it. <laughs> yeah. I actually completely agree in that I can't. I I understand like if I'm in a location that that's the thing. like if I go to a bar and there's just someone playing like random music, it's like whatever. But I'm not gonna ever turn on that kind of music in my own free time. Um, I also agree that lyrics to me are something that I kind of prefer in music. My wife really loves K-pop. I can't, I don't want to say I can't stand it, but it just doesn't do anything for me because I can't understand the lyrics. So I'm just listening to noise at that point. And sure, sometimes it sounds good, but it's not going to, it's not going to throw me in that land of imagination that I like when I'm listening to music. I, I appreciate um, like experimental jazz and atonal music and 12 tone music and these kinds of things. I mean, intellectually, definitely. I mean, it's, um, it, I, I you know, it doesn't, it doesn't compel me to move, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, a, a while back I got, I got into music theory. I had, I had a group of friends who were uh, new music people and, and friends who went to conservatory near me and, and got into theory. And it, it's, um, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm nowhere near an, an expert on it, but just, you know, I, I've, after after doing a little study there, I just started getting more interested in experimentation, paying closer attention to to harmonies and and different modes and systems of music. So I appreciate those things. I don't. I I, I can't say there, there's some of it that I that I really do enjoy, but not um, not as a genre. I think if there's anything I connect to, I really connect to in terms of song. It's like Italian Italian song. And it might be, I don't want to be too, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's nationalist, but it might be just coming from an Italian family, but songs like, uh, I don't know, Aldi La or, or uh, Viva Ray or even, even the bouncier kind of um, Italian songs or like Verdi Arias, maybe it was just growing up with these, but um, that's probably close, closest to my soul in terms of, in terms of song. And, and when I say I prefer instrumental music, I think it's just, I, I, I've been I've always been hung up about just the English language in particular and how I just don't like um, I, I don't like hearing the English language rhymed, <laughs> um, which I mean, even 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 Shakespeare stumbled trying to trying to rhyme this language. But but Italian, everything rhymes, you know, so I've got no I've got <laughs> no issue there. Um, in terms of American music, I think probably doo-wop is my favorite. If I'm really just going to just gonna kick back and listen to something, I think um, the doo-wop golden age is, you know, where I, probably my, my playlists focus. Yeah. When it comes to music, honestly, I'm pretty okay with listening to instrumentals. But when it comes to lyrics as well, it's for me, it really depends what are the lyrics actually about. Right, the actual content and the meaning behind it. Uh, um, for for example, like th songs that usually resonate with me the most are usually songs about like never giving up. All right, songs about overcoming some sort of odds or something like that. Right. So if it's something like within that ballpark, that lane, I'm all for it. But when when the music sounds like there's not really any substance to it, it's like templatey. If that makes any sense, like the type of lyrics you'd hear in pop music. I'm just like, no, switch this off. I don't want this. This is this is nonsense, you know? So it's just like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a good, yeah. a good, a good test is like, could, could chat GPT have written these lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Solace in that sense. You'll find with INTJs, if you ask them questions like about music, what's in common with all the responses is a strong opinion. <laughs> it wasn't like a, yeah, I, I like whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there is something there. Solomon talked about substance and about how he likes songs with substance, but substance can be defined differently depending on the person. So what is substantial to you in music? What, what gives music substance to you? Okay, so I'm going to cite what Jordan Peterson said about art and music here to really drive the point home. For example, Jordan Pe so Jordan Peterson would say that music, if you know what you're going to talk about, and I'm talking from the perspective of a person who makes music. If you know what you're going to talk about before you make it, that's not art. That's ideology. And I find that the greatest music is really something that you don't know why you're doing or what you're doing while you're doing it. And I think substance just comes out of that naturally. It was a pretty interesting concept, honestly. It really made me think about it in different ways when I heard Jordan Peterson talk about that. I kind of like that because it, it really speaks to that idea that like some of the best music comes from that internal place of like this is what i'm feeling or thinking right now like right now and that's being translated into the song or creation that i'm working on oh, and I, uh, i'm not someone who's musically creative myself so i don't have that process so i think that's even mm, more so while i why i respect it right but well i would say you would even be able to feel it regardless if you had like a, if you were inclined to make music yourself when hearing it on other people you'd be inclined to feel it and it's interesting you bring up the fact that um it's all about expressing yourself in the present moment because it, it's it's weird because when you actually think about it, when an artist expresses itself in the present moment without trying to like be ideological, they make the type of quality art that ends up being famous like years later. You know, you, that's where you get that stereotype of the artist that's ahead of their time and all that. So I just find that pretty fascinating, just the concept of it at all. I mean, that's where you get like your Michael Jacksons, essentially. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the kind of person that I think of when you say something like that. Yeah, I'd say that substance, I think, comes from revealing the soul. I think I think music, and maybe this goes back to the point about instrumental music, that I just feel like it's it's the only art form that's abstract enough to make the soul sensible. And sometimes, sometimes with uh, when you add um, when you add lyrics to this, there's just I just feel like sometimes there's too much consciousness. Um, attached to that, that there isn't that, that deeper kind of revelation, even though there's obviously instrumental music backing, backing the lyrics. Um, but I think aside from music, maybe architecture would be the only, the only analogous kind of art form that like, and I think they, they, they correlate with each other, like the, the architecture of a culture and the music of a culture. Like you listen to a Baroque fugue and then look at like, Rococo architecture, you know what I mean? It's, it's, this is, this is the, these are expressions of the same kind of, at least cultural soul, also for the individual though. Yeah, I like, um, um, I quite like lyrics when they're a bit abstract and give you something to think about. And you think, you know, what, what's this about? And, and also when it could be about something or it could be about something else. So there's a bit of your own interpretation on it. Um, I quite enjoy. Um, and lyrics that, it, yeah, if something's too straightforward, um, 
I remember there was that Abba song the day they caught the train. It was like I went to the station, I bought a cup of tea. I can't, I can't remember the lyrics, but it was very. And I just thought, oh my god, this song's killing me. I've actually come to like it now because it's like that, because it's so straightforward. Um, but at the time, I it was just like, why has anyone written such a dull song? Um, but I like things that are yeah, a little bit masked, a little bit. Oh, what's that about? Or sometimes a song with a story in it. I like those. Um, but interestingly, as as everyone was talking, I was trying to think what what music do I listen to that really just afterwards I'm just like yes punch the air and a lot of the time it's songs that build and and they have these just massive crescendo endings you know they're the ones that um really like physically get to me yeah so the themes that I'm hearing is that music is a way to bypass the ego so it's almost like if you think too much about the music beforehand, it's no longer a piece of expressing yourself. You're, you're not bypassing your conscious mind into a more honest, authentic part of yourself. So it, it seems like music is a way to to tap into a a more subconscious or more or a more vulnerable part of you that needs you to bypass your overly thinking mind. So, all right, can I say something though? Because I just remembered. You brought up something that's pretty interesting. Remind me of something, which is um, oftentimes I commonly hear that uh, music is something that, like people in the MBTI sphere, they associate music with FI, right? They associate with that function. But I personally think that when it comes to creativity and art, it actually isn't really an FI process. It's more like an NI process, if that makes any sense. It's not a decision-making process. It's an intuitive process, a, a, a sort of perceptive process as well and to answer your question about what makes a song substantial so for me right as an ni dom when i'm listening to music listening and making what i appreciate most is when i'm listening to a song and the meaning of the song changes in different times you listen to it so when you're hearing the same thing you're looking at it from different perspectives but you and you're you're, you're noticing like subtle shades of meaning different depths of meaning each and every single time so I may be listening to one song, the same song, in a specific time period. It has a certain meaning to me. Two weeks later, three weeks later, it has a completely different meaning to me. It's the same song, but it has a completely different meaning. That to me is like my favorite part of our music. That's like the pinnacle for me. And yeah. Yeah, your taste in music can change over time and how you interpret a song can change over time too. Yeah, and it could be both things. It could be that every function has its own way to express creativity and it's done in its own special way too. Because there are musical artists of all types. Yeah, that is 100% true, 100% true, yeah. Something that I mentioned in one of your type talks a long time ago, but an observation that I noticed when listening to bands, it, like if I try to like type the singers and stuff, I've noticed that types with like FE, for example, in the function stack tend to sing about like their relationships with other people a lot more often. And something that I've noticed is that when I'm listening to music, that's almost never a topic in music that I listen to. Like almost none of the music that I'm interested in is about me being in relation to someone else or that communication going on between them. It's a, it's a song about the individual doing something for the individual or overcoming some sort of challenge related to the individual. And I want to say, I don't know if that's something that maybe other ITJs with FI relate to, but that's something that I do. No, I relate to that for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. And another reason why people listen to music is to seek closure. So if there's an area of your life where you don't feel like you've 
gotten full answers for are almost like it's unresolved. For instance, Chris mentioned earlier how he felt like an the odd duck out or a little different or separate from the people around him. And so when you feel like, at, at least this is my interpretation of it, right? Like if, if a situation hasn't had full closure, music can be cathartic for processing a situation more fully. I think as well that in terms of artists I appreciate, um, and it probably is related to that sort of quest for originality or whatever that goes with NI, is um, a people who, who are always just like doing something different, reinventing themselves, pushing the boundaries. So, you know, Bowie, Bjork, um, you know, even Madonna to some extent, you know, people who are always changing what they're doing, but doing something really different and a bit risque and, I mean, particularly Bjork, you never know what that woman's going to come up with next. Um, and um, I remember going to, when she was doing this thing called biophilia, and it was where she'd created instruments that used nature. So she had these, like, um, sound things where a pendulum was playing strings and the, the drum machine was lightning in a cage and that. And it was just the most amazingly clever, original, a um, little bit science-y, which I liked, a bit of science in nature. Um, yeah, so I find her absolutely inspiring, even though I don't always like like what she's done, like to listen to. But um, yeah, I would like to be her in my next life. Or PJ Harvey, one of the two. Who would you all want to be in your next life? Apparently no one. Yeah, it's just me who wishes I was more exciting then. <laughs> so. Okay. I wish I was more exciting too. So, you know, that one. I wish I was Carl Young so I could flush out my system more and not leave questions for people 200 years later. That's a good answer. Okay. I think it's, a, it, it's an interesting point. I think like Carl Young, the confusion there is he, I, I just feel like he got so wrapped up in alchemy that um, I feel like music theory would have served him better. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like less, uh, less, I don't know, less, less Rosicrucianism and more like Pythagoras would have, would have served him better. It's just end up with a lot of confusion in the end, the way he, <laughs> especially, especially the later work, right? Less Swedenborg, more Bach. I'm just wondering if anyone else um, here um, listens to music very critically, because often when I've been um, at a live show or something, um, and I'll say to someone, oh, they've, they've got the sound balance here wrong, that needs to be here and there. And they're like, how, how are you, you know, why are you even concerned with that? And I don't know, apparently people think I listen to music differently to most other people. Well, I can tell you, I, I definitely listen to music critically, but I, I think that's because I produce and engineer my own music, so I have to listen to it critically. Is it like a INTJ thing? I don't know. It can be, I guess, in terms of the meaning, if, if we're trying to determine quality. I speak for myself, at least. I don't know about the other INTJs. What do you guys think? Just a short note on the Young conversation. Yeah, Young was really hard to understand. If you want to look into his works, I would recommend looking at Von Franz or Vanderhoop. You know, people are really serious about type when they mention those names. And they're basically easier to understand from Young's time. They're like Young's students. Daryl Sharp's books are quite good as well. He, he sort of takes the Union things and makes them more understandable. So Daryl Sharp. I've been reading Young's... Um... 
like recently, I think a couple of weeks ago for my YouTube channel, I've actually went and revisited what Jung originally meant by introversion and extroversion. I just straight to psychological types when read that book. I find I found that pretty interesting, to be honest. It was a little bit hard, but then over and over again, it kind of gets easier. But it was interesting because some of his notions of extroversion, introversion are not what we know about it now. And so, yeah. Okay, yeah. Back to the question Solomon asked. Do you guys relate to what he said earlier? Uh, uh, about listening to music critically. Do you guys listen to music critically? Not that much. I would say yeah, but um, I'm also the kind of person who like, I let other people enjoy what they want to enjoy. So like, I'm very much like, I don't like that, but if you like it, whatever. That's kind of my, my deal with music. So, I, but I also like trash music sometimes too. So. <laughs> like, did you just say trash music you like yeah, trash like just, music like music that's bad like there's music that's bad i can't think of anything outside man but there's plenty of times where i've heard a song and i'm like wow that song's not very good but it's kind of catchy so you're like oh, okay wow <laughs> yeah when a song is so bad it actually starts to sound good huh yeah i mean there's a reason like like top 20 music is top 20 right like a lot of it's kind of just like reprinted garbage that's just coming straight repetition from a factory, written by someone who's not even singing it yeah and, and it's all written by the same person but All the people who songs. make the beats can make good beats. So you're like, all yeah. right, like I could listen Very to this cool. and not have a bad time. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it when something's got really interesting production as well. So, you know, like going back a bit, things like what George Martin brought into the Beatles songs. Um, when someone's like, let's put some strings in here where you wouldn't expect it. Or um, just, yeah clever sound production um things just it's always just something that's like different and interesting yeah effort to, like what you when when people put effort in their work and their craft i can see that and i always appreciate that yeah and i think i i, I listen i definitely listen critically and if there's something that's interesting enough i want to know what's the What's happening here? What keys are they working in? What meter are they working in? You know, if there's if there's sheet music, I'll look that up. If there's analysis, I mean, the internet's great because there's um, there's so much on just even just YouTube, right? Of in depth analysis of like why is this working? Why is this strange? Why is this interesting? You know. Well, what do you guys think about uh, music that's uh, cinematic? What do you guys think about that stuff? Do you mean like fil film score? music yeah. yeah yeah um well obviously it's massively powerful in in the film and um sort of thinking joker i can't actually remember what was in it but i remember being really impacted by the choice of music and things in that film um and it's about probably the only time i really enjoy classical music I, you know, I don't mind it but i wouldn't choose to play it at home but when classical music's used effectively in films it's just yeah completely it changes the whole mood of everything. Yeah, for cinematic, just in terms of film scores, if I am going to put something on in the in the background, it's typically um, I've got a I've got a the whole slate of uh, scores saved on on Spotify that I'll listen to. Um, and I think the I think the movie score is like the natural progression of. 20th century instrumental music more than more than concert music which is which is interesting but much more like niche and experimental that's interesting because sometimes music used in cinematic films or just music you hear on youtube also it's sometimes the intention is to manipulate your emotions into feeling something like they want to prompt you into feeling something so 
I wonder how that would make you feel. <laughs> yeah, that's like the Spielberg approach to to uh, the John Williams, you know, soaring soaring strings or really moving uh, melody that I just feel I just feel trying to wrench me this way or that. It doesn't it doesn't work for me. Um, that kind of just just bashing you over the head uh, with what with what you're supposed to supposed to feel or i mean there's the like like action movie conventions of you know the kind of action score with the pulse pumping like hans zimmer christopher nolan kind of score but i think the most effective action scene in a movie in recent decades is no country for old men the the chase sequences and there's no music in that movie until the end credits there's none interesting that's interesting so okay in response to what joyce was saying about music tailored to prompt you to do something how often do you guys listen to a song to put yourself in a different emotional state intentionally do you guys do that often because i find myself doing that quite often i do it a lot a lot yeah um and yeah sometimes if i'm if i'm going to a job it's like right change the tune now to something lively because you've got to pick yourself up and um yeah or um yeah, I, I try and I'm, I either match it to my mood or I use it to get out of a certain mood and into a different one. I definitely think for me it's it's closer to the matching to the mood. Where I tend to I tend to put on music that reinforces the mindset that I'm in. So if I'm feeling like ambitious, I'll put on ambitious music. If I'm feeling chill, I'll put on chill music. That sort of thing. I'll typically I'll typically use music if I need to if I need to focus or if I need to reset. So I'll I'll put something on that I need to commit my focus too and then that'll sort of it's like if there's too much going on or i feel scattered and 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 rushed and pulled in too many directions at once it's not really it's not really working up an emotional state but it's more something to just absolutely tunnel my attention into for some period of time and then that you know narrows the it 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 calms the waters a little bit you know I was going to say, Solomon, I'm going back a little bit. Why did you ask the cinema cinematic music question? Because you didn't give your view on it. I just wondered what it meant to you. Oh, cinematic music. I also listen to... Why I asked is because I myself listen to cinematic music quite a lot, and I think it's pretty dope. Because So what it ties into, the overall thing that I'm trying to make, the point is, is that when it comes to music, I appreciate music that is... How can I explain I don't want to use the word structured, but there's a theme. There is an obvious, clear theme in the music itself. So you know what it's sort of about. And I quite I find that quite a lot in cinematic music as well. I quite enjoy cinematic music too. Um, one of my favorite bands right now is called Starset. I've seen them live quite a few times. I would describe them as a cinematic rock band. I mean, when you go see them, they literally perform with like cellos on stage right next to the, the guitarists. So I like that feeling of, um, someone mentioned earlier, it's kind of like, it's almost like the climax of a movie type of thing, where I like music that feels like you're at that epic moment where you feel like you're about to do something big, so. It makes you feel like in, in that mind space too, so that's really awesome. And you've typed Starset before, right? Like INTP or no? Well, I think they're lead singers at NTP, but, uh, but I don't know. Um. And there are, there are, pop and, and rock musicians that I think have done their most interesting work and in, specifically in film scores. Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. Um, Trent Reznor. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Okay, just uh, since we're typing artists now, I personally typed Trent Reznor as an INTJ, just to let you guys know. I've actually typed him as an INTJ. Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> I think so too, I think so too. So one of, my, one of my favorite live bands at the moment is Idols. Um, and even though they sound like really, really noisy, shouty band, um, all their lyrics are about sort of, you know, social justice and um, caring and all this stuff. And I think a lot of people think their lead singer is INFP, but my own view is I think INFJ. So, um, yeah, it's just quite an interesting, it's like a, a contradiction between the sound of the music and when you actually hear the lyrics, they're extremely like careful and um, caring and idealistic and stuff. So I find that fascinating when, when, when you get those mixed mismatches. It's a bit like Marilyn Manson as well, sort of quite shouty, but I suspect he's INFJ as well. So, uh, yeah. I think the FETI axis is much more comfortable being shouty. <laughs> I think there's a reason that like STPs love heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would attribute it to SE personally. I would attribute that to SE, but it could be also FETI. I actually do a talk about the, the personality type of David Bowie um suspected isfp um but um yeah i really enjoy it because i look at it from like how how the personality develops and all that stuff as well through time so uh, that's one of my favorite talks to deliver is my baby talk <laughs> very cool and so how do you think music and the functions intertwine what are some of your guesses hypotheses about the correlations between that if you have any, or, or type in music, if you've had any insights around that. I mean, I would, I would, my best guess would be that the hero function is the one that expresses itself through the music. That would be my guess, of course. It'd be that. Or it could just be a combination of all their functions together. I think that would be a much more realistic uh, analysis. But it's kind of difficult because it's like the MBTI tool was never meant to use to be used to analyze music and then derive someone's type from it. Although Carl Jung himself said that it's the NI Doms who he believes were the natural artists and the Sears and the Cranks and all that. So you would think that they'd be the ones most inclined to become musicians or to form creativity. But I don't think you, we, can, we can say anything definitively about it. Though. I think there must be some sort of correlation between people's types and whether or not they're writing you know I want to make music that makes people dance or I write music to express myself or for my own catharsis or I make music to deliver a message um and use as a social platform there must be there's probably some some crossovers between that sort of thing um which I haven't actually thought it through so I probably have to think about it a bit but I should imagine that almost like the motivation between why I do the sort of music I do must be uh, type related, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So for instance, with the artisan types, so the SP types, they're known for wanting to make an impact and wanting to have quick results and, and wanting to basically be able to, to affect something quickly. And so you can see that probably in their music too, in some people. So like making someone dance, that is a way of making an impact. So I could see artisans being having a trend of that, 
So it's not a one-to-one, -one, right? But that's one of the many factors that affect what someone creates. So. Yeah, I think the artisans, as you said, they, they focus more on the sheer performance and the craft and the ability to perform the actual skill. Where I think perhaps with the intuitive types, it's more about something that's a little bit more conceptual, like expressing something conceptual through their art, possibly. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that, Soma. Yeah, like you'll see in Harry Styles, I believe he has ESFP preferences, and he he's really performative in how he presents his music. So. Whenever I have SFPs on my panels, whether it's ESFPs or ISFPs, when I ask them how they experience music, they're like, oh, it feels good to my ears, is, is what they say. And typically, that's the biggest determining factor to whether or not they like a song. It says it feel good to my ears. Whereas if you ask an ENFP that, you'll, you'll actually get a different response, which is they, they do analyze it more conceptually. So it, it, it's interesting that those are things I notice. I remember when I, when I was young, I was like always playing my records in my bedroom and I'd sit next to it and just listen to it intently and sometimes you have the album cover back in the day. Um, and my granddad used to live with us and he was some sort of extroverted sensing type and he's just coming going, you obviously don't like this because you're not dancing. And that was his, his take on it. And he had his own record player in his room and he was always playing like rock and roll stuff and like dancing around his bedroom. Um, and that was his take on it. If, if it's not making you dance, you can't be liking it. You know, if you're sitting really still pouring over it, where I was like, no, this like, it's the best thing ever. I can barely move. It's <laughs> you know, so, different. Yeah, I could enjoy this with a stoic face. Don't let the looks deceive you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say I'm definitely, I'm not a musician, but I, I will sit down from time to time and, and, you know, in like Logic Pro with a MIDI controller and and, you know, just work on something and it's the most it's the it's i i don't have the na I, I i don't have the natural talent or the training for it but just in terms of an activity it's the most in the zone as i ever am either that or video editing probably where just it's the it, they're the only activities for me where time just gets sucked away and everything just feels kind of in balance. I think when it comes to functions, it's, you know, just with, with music as with everything else that I think you have to, like, you want a harmonious balance of all four, right, of all functions. And I think music should, should you know, there's, there's so many genres of music that lean far in, in one direction. And there's, um, it's, it's, it just feels shallow, you know. But I think the most interesting and not necessarily complex technically, but the most um, the kind of music that has the most that has the most depth is tapping into something where there is that kind of synthesis or that balance, that harmony between um, different functions, different levels of experience. But I, I will say I also like music that has a sense of humor. <laughs> like I like. Um, I mean, one of my favorites over the last, over the last few years has been, um, that little, that little demon Poppy, um, um, who's like in a very eccentric, very eccentric, like YouTube videos and kind of a, a, you know, kind of a backstory and some, some handlers that sounded kind of unpleasant, but musically has developed from this kind of bubblegum pop kind of, uh, you know, satirical music into, um, 
like this alt metal <laughs> kind of hard driving music, but with really, with really dark, but um, uh, self-consciously dark kind of uh, lyrics and, and imagery. And also with like sunshine pop in there too. So I like that something that's just kind of, kind of wild and has a sense of humor about itself is, is, uh, is fun. I like Weird Al's music. I like to have fun <laughs> too. Yeah. Again, <laughs> yeah. to see live music, that's something I do a hell of a lot um, and really enjoy. Um, and once again, I don't tend to dance about unless it was like Chemical Brothers or something dancey. Um, like to really like just stand there and listen and watch, watch what all the musicians are doing and stuff. Um, just wondered what what other people do with live music yeah i'm the same way i like live music i haven't been anything anything since before covid but um but i used to go to a few concerts and i, I was the same way i always found myself kind of being like a wallflower like i would just be in the back of the room or somewhere near like to me i didn't need to be up near the band to see him close it was more so just kind of like getting to experience that thing i've been listening to 20 times a day for the past year in person and you know seeing how it differs that sort of thing I just don't feel part of crowds and I just, when I'm just, when I'm, uh, I always feel, I always feel out of place at a, at a, at a live show. If there's a lot of, if there's a lot of energy and a lot of just the mob working itself up into a, <laughs> a, a fever, you know, it's, uh, um, I like to, I like to kind of disappear in those, <laughs> in those situations. Yeah. I'm also not really, a big huge fan of live concerts as well that's not something i go to mm, yeah well if you want to find an intj at a live concert look at the areas where it's not overcrowded <laughs> yeah i like to go and then and then move into uh, some some space that's that's not so um it's not populated <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's part of the reason that I actually like going to gigs on my own so I can move around um, and keep sort of changing where I am to find a place that seems comfortable for me. Um, yes. But I really do lose it if I'm stood behind people who are talking louder than the band. I I'm not assertive ever, <laughs> apart from that. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm sorry, can you see the band? Um, yeah, so uh, I, I, I need to keep moving, changing position and um, yeah. Yeah. Whereas you'll have the ESTPs who want to be at the center of action. So they're like, yeah, I want to be right where all the chaos is happening. Put me there, right there. Because mm -hmm. they feel alive there. All right. Well, thank you, INTJs, for giving your takes on music and for showing us your personal world of what makes music meaningful for you. And for also showing us the range of music that you guys listen to. So words of affirmation may not be the top language for many INTJs. So I will keep my endings a little brief. But yeah, I'll have everyone's channels linked below. Thank you for your wonderful contributions. And I'll see you all in the next video. Take care. Bye. Thank you.